move out and have sex. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that's exactly what I need. Really <laughs> succinct. So, answer that question. Hello, and welcome to Rekindling Relationships with Beck and Vern. As well as podcasting, we run relationship workshops for organizations, as well as fun, creative dates to reconnect couples. We live in Bendigo with our blended family of four teenagers and a menagerie of animals. Welcome to our podcast designed to answer all the tricky questions to do with relationships, done in a fun, sometimes a little silly, but hopefully an informative way. Hello, everyone. Hey, everyone. Back to tricky questions. Back to tricky questions. I think this is tricky questions number six. We'll most likely finish at tricky questions number seven because we like doing things in groups of seven. We do. Anyone who's actually listened to well, you do. a number of podcasts. <laughs> I don't even know what you mean by that. Anyone who's listened to our podcast will notice that we do do that. We do like to go um, in groups of seven. So tricky questions number six. Beck has some questions. Let's go right into it. Vern has no idea what I'm going to ask him. Not a clue. No idea in general, really. So in case you haven't heard the other ones, this is based on questions that are posted on social media and people looking for advice. Yes. What have you found on the Book of Face? So I have one for you here, Vern, and it says, I recently came out as a submissive, women only in brackets, and I am currently in a six-year relationship as of July, engaged The problem is my woman isn't a dominant person and I'm more for open acts of sexual nature, like having multiple mistresses. I don't want to hurt her and I don't want to leave her. My heart is 100% complete with her. My soul, however, is craving just so much. I want to jump off the cliff and take her with me. She's just so afraid and my honesty has kept her very supportive. I'm not sure what I should do. I have awful sub frenzy and sub fog. What does that mean? What does that mean? Is is the question finished yet? It's a very long question. That's the question. Sub frenzy. What does that mean? Hang on, let's go back to the main part of this question. I don't know why you're asking me. Because you know actually, these things. I actually don't. I don't know why you think I know these things. <laughs> I don't even know why you asked me this question in general. For some reason, you're asking me questions about submissives. And I'm not the submissive one in this relationship. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe it depends on the day. I haven't worked it out. Depends on the chore. Depends on the task. So, you know, sometimes I am submissive. Sometimes I'm just like, yes, I'll just do exactly what I'm You're told. You're not really a submissive nature though, Ben. No. But I mean, even in our little role plays, you like to be the submissive one, don't you? Yeah, I do. You do. That's a lot of conversation with us about what we're doing. I think that's a really important part of stepping into any form of kink or role play is that both people are really understand what's going on beforehand. Mm. It's not just sprung on them. This is a very interesting question. What do you think? Do you have an idea? Well, I think this is a tricky one because it might not come naturally to her to want to be the dominant one, which he would obviously like. He wants to be dominated by her, but she struggles in that space. She's not a very dominant person. I mean, this is something which, let's say, for the two of us has come up in the sense that, you know, I've asked you to step into a space which that's quite an unusual one for you as well, Hence isn't it? Hence it sparked my interest. Hence it sparked your interest. <laughs> now I see where we're going with this. <laughs> now, 
I know for me in trying to support you in exploring yourself and our sexuality together and also in wanting to challenge and bring new things into our relationship i've asked you to try things out i feel that what's happened over time as you get more comfortable with that space you sort of step into it more and more Mm. would that be right Mm -hmm. so maybe it is that idea it's like rather than expecting someone to just like jump in no problems. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do this little by little. It's called scaffolding in education. It's same like, thing. It's mm. start off really small and then build. Mm. And be patient. Be patient. You, I reckon you have to be patient. But the, the idea that he's got, let's just grab your head and jump off the cliff. That just doesn't sound like it's going to work really well, does it? Not with her nature, no. Have there been any comments from people trying to support him in this? One person said, tell her what you want to do and teach her. It may not come to her naturally, but she can know what you want and how you feel and just work with her basically being patient is what this person says. And be another person says, be honest. He sounds like he is. Like he actually sounds like he's honest, but maybe he's expecting too much of her nature straight up. Yeah, and I wonder if he's actually stepped in and asked her what she actually wants in that space. Mm, good one. Because if, if this is about what he wants and what he needs, then, well, it takes two to tango and he might, looks like at he least might two. He looks like more. <laughs> he wants seven to tango. Some submissive, some dominating. <laughs> Very confusing. I really do think he's got to check in with her, find out what she wants, and maybe it's that give and take. Let's try what you need or you'd like to try, and then we'll step in a little bit with mine and because then both people really get to express what they want, express their needs which is really important in a relationship. Absolutely. I like your scaffolding idea. Just take it little bit by little bit and don't expect too much. You know, sometimes also focusing on he really likes her personality and obviously part of her personality is very gentle and submissive and that's something he loves about her. But it doesn't mean that she can't learn how to be dominant in that situation with some patience, I think. Yeah, because it is actually role play, isn't it? It's play acting. It's not like that's how... He wants her to be all All the the time. time. Otherwise, that's what he would call into his life. That's the sort of person you bring in. Yeah. But if you want someone who just wants to step in that space a little bit, oh, yeah, there's definitely definitely some great conversations that can happen in this. Yeah. Have the conversation and give us time, I think. Yeah. Maybe just, you know, get us some rope and just allow her to tie you up Mm. to start off with because the dominance in that, Mm. when you have to be in a submissive position, it doesn't have to be like what they say as much as what they do to start off. She could just tie you up, something gentle. It could be she leads you around. So, you know, put a tie on and then you get on all fours. She just grabs your tie and just like leads you around the house. You know, there's a sense mm. of dominating there. It's, it's putting yourself into a smaller position. So she could be standing or be in a more dominant position and get her used to that. She might actually like it, like some people sort of do when they step into that space. Wasn't looking at you. <laughs> Maybe maybe he was looking at you. I don't know. I think sometimes too, if I'm to empathise with her personality, I think sometimes you're worried about hurting the person because you're quite gentle natured. Mm. So you don't want to hurt the person. But I guess that comes with a lot of conversation and you wouldn't step straight into the whips or something. No. <laughs> but you could <laughs> also, like, you know, there's, there's having, small a, steps, having a small steps. safety word as well. So be able to say, oh, you know, this word... Or even like in wrestling, where you just tap out, you just do a double tap, mm. which is a nice non-verbal way of saying, all right, 
I'm going too far. Yeah. It's really that constant conversation the whole time. And some people believe that when you're talking about stuff while you're doing it, that it loses spontaneity. I don't think so. I think that when you talk about something while you're doing it and you're having this shared communication, it allows you to go deeper because you know exactly what each other wants, needs, where each other's at. Great question. Thank you. <laughs> well, I didn't write it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Decided to bring it up. I just found it. So funny. All right, go for it. Okay. So I will be a 35-year-old virgin this year. Not me specifically. I have a few kids, so. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the person on the <laughs> social media thread. I, I, I love how you've had to just, okay, just in case you're listening to this for the first time, that's not me. <laughs> I'm saving myself for marriage, my choice, also being single. I think telling single guys I'm a virgin turns them away and they refuse to talk to me altogether because of the no sex thing. Why must sex be such a big deal? Also, why is living at home with your family so wrong in today's society? You know how much rent is these days. Wow. So she's living at home with her parents saving herself until she gets married and she's 35 years old. You know, I guess what comes into my brain right now is this great Netflix series we just watched called Snowflake Mountain. It's all these young adults who are, they call them snowflakes because they can't manage on their own. They're at home and parents do everything for them and they can't actually manage their lives. As soon as you said that, the fact that, you know, why can't people live at home? That just was like warning bells. I feel that if I was a single guy, that would ring more warning bells than not having sex. It would be the fact they live at home with their parents. They're 35 year old and they still live at home with their parents. They don't have independence. You wouldn't want to be having sex at their place, really, would they? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Bloody hell. I'm not dissing anyone who wants to not have sex before marriage. I do think that's a very physically intimate part of a relationship. And if you don't, and then all of a sudden you're in that relationship, you do not click you're not in the right space there, that's going to make it hard in the long run. Mm. I do feel there's a need to try before you buy. But I also understand you don't want to just be sleeping around and then all of a sudden it's, you know when you've met someone who you think this could be you a right person. You feel safe with and yeah. you want to go there. I would say um, my advice for her, get some independence. Yes, rent might be expensive, but if you're living at home for free – You're not learning anything. What do you think about all this? I think that's a good point. I think that would be less appealing to me that they are still at home at that age. And I think you learn a lot when you move out. And even if it's moving out with housemates, you know, you gain a lot of experience and the independence is really important. So I've been in both scenarios where I've dated someone for two years and then married them and we didn't have sex before marriage. And you were 18, so you're quite young still. Yeah. Yep. And then the reverse with us where we had sex before marriage. <gasps> Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> it's out now. Oh, my goodness. We're adults having sex. And interestingly. Consensual sex. Really good sex. <laughs> sorry. I hope you edit that out. I'm, I might leave it in. <laughs> Think that I was more inclined to believe that it wasn't that important to have sex with someone before you married them until 
I had sex with someone before I married them. And then I realised that that's actually quite important because there's a lot of chemistry that may not be there if you haven't gone down that path Mm. and you don't know if you gel together or work together very well in that area. You might work together in every other area, but that's quite an important part of a relationship. And if that isn't quite right, that can create quite a bit of problems in your relationship. And so I actually think it's quite important to test that chemistry out but in a really balanced way like you said not just sleep with everybody you you know you'd date someone if you felt safe with them and Mm. you wanted to investigate that further having said that there are people who actually do sleep with each other before they get married but then they're married and then all of a sudden because of work and life and kids and everything, their physical intimate side of their relationship drops off and isn't that good anyway. So, you know, it might have started really well, but then it just goes well, downhill. Well, like anything, you've got to work on it and make time for it, of haven't course, you? Yeah. yeah. So what advice would you give this lady? I think move out is a really good idea. Move out of the parents. Move out and have sex? Move out and have sex. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that's exactly what I need. Really succinct. So, answer that question. What else you got there, Beck? Okay, so a follow on from that one is my boyfriend thinks I rely too much on my mum and constantly says how it bothers him because he's trying to teach me to be independent, but I'm always running back to my mum. This person's out of home, but they still keep going back for help. I don't see it that way. I just have a very supportive mum and if I need something, she's going to help me. When we were growing up, we were very poor and we had very little. My mum is in a position now where she spoils my kids and I if we need something and we need help. For example, last month I needed tyres and she paid for them. When I told him, he got annoyed saying how I shouldn't have relied on my mum and how he was going to pay for them. And tonight I told him how... My mum ordered the kids backpacks and he got annoyed again and said we were going to take him to get them. He didn't have supportive parents growing up and has been on his own since 17. So I snapped and said that's just because his parents aren't like that doesn't mean I'm dependent on my mum. My mum just likes to help with things now because I think she knows what it was like growing up, especially when it comes to having kids on your own. What's your advice? What's my advice? I think she's right that he's actually triggered by the fact that he didn't have that. I get that. It's just like he wants to be the man. He wants to take care. It's somebody else is doing that instead. And he didn't get that as he was growing up. So he's just like, right, it's so important to stand on your own two feet because that builds independence. But I don't know. I feel like if she's got a really good relationship with her mum and that's what her mum wants to do, is it such a bad thing? You know, it depends. It depends on the level of it. You know, if her mum's always bailing her out and so she doesn't stand on her feet, definitely a bad thing. But if it's occasional, I'm going to help you out because I know how hard it was, then probably doing a disservice to the mum to actually say no. What do you think? I actually think that this dude's really fiercely independent. Obviously, he's had to stand on his own two feet since he was 17. I think it's emasculating for him. I think he feels like it's his job to support and provide and he's getting undercut and it's taking away his manhood without them realising that's what they're doing. If you look at it from his point of view, yeah. he wants to provide and that makes him feel like he's doing his job as a man. Yeah. 
and mum's taking that away. And maybe if she mentioned that, if they're not hard up, then maybe she says that to mum, like, my partner feels a bit offended when you want to pay for everything. It's really nice and thoughtful and generous and I understand where that comes from. But, you, you know, you don't have to pay for everything. We can look after ourselves. And I reckon there just needs to be a good conversation about what he thinks being independent is and what she thinks being independent is. She wants her mum to feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. If he wants to buy the things and feel like he's in charge, nothing really wrong with that either. But if there's a conversation about it, then maybe they could come to... There's nothing wrong with that because they're, they're their own people now. Mum really shouldn't be in a relationship. No, mum shouldn't be involved no. in the relationship, yeah. but she can actually still help out. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, she doesn't have to be that involved where she's actually supporting and providing because that's actually he feels like that's his role. Yeah, if she's doing stuff which is in a sense enabling a sort of behaviour so that if the reality of it is is if this woman is completely reliant on a mum and doesn't know how to be independent at all and is really struggling and in that sort of teenager child sort of mind frame then the guy's right you know you're an adult grow up stand on your own two feet so it does really depend on the situation doesn't it absolutely going back to that snowflake comment before which is a great netflix series like i was quite surprised i was thinking oh reality television bit of blah blah but the things that they were trying to teach these young adult about resilience and about adaptability and about teamwork and the things which for both of us we take for granted it's like you know we both started working young we had to sort of stand on our own two feet we had to make mistakes and learn and fail and then pull ourselves up and keep on going norm was doing that for us and it taught us how to not only be independent and resilient but also it's really good for your sense of self because you know that you can do something. You're not totally being taken care of all the time. And watching that show was, and watching these young adults, you know, 20 to 24, 25 years old, who are still so reliant on their parents. And their parents have created that problem, obviously, because they've just given them everything and not expected them to step up. But I have to say that at the end, when they showed where these people had now taken their lives with that realization that they could actually do things, they didn't have to rely on other people, that was quite heartbreaking. Yeah, that inner self-confidence that they seem to have after being taught, like made to do these tasks. Mm, challenged. And challenges. And yeah, they were different people. And maybe in our relationship with our children, and we need to actually find a way to challenge more. Mm. Like we put this in a re- back into a relationship sense. If you're in a relationship and nothing's changed for years, it will stagnate. Mm. And then when it stagnates, then both people lose because mm. all of a sudden it gets really boring and you are just watching Netflix and sitting there and, and not talking to each other anymore. You're more comfortable with just watching stuff or both being on your phone and you don't do anything and you don't date. And then you miss out because you could be having an awesome time together, mm. but you've stopped challenging each other and the relationship in a good way. Mm. Well, even goes back to that first question, wanting the partner to be more dominant in the bedroom. That's a challenge. So, you know, if you do express things you want to do and it is a little bit challenging, that's not a bad thing. No, the, relation, the, the relationship yeah. grows, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you actually know more about each other. Yeah. 
And really, that's what relationships should be doing all the time. We should be constantly helping each other and supporting each other and challenging each other, challenging each other to maybe shift through our old blocks, the stuff that still holds us back. Mm. Maybe challenge us to step more into ourselves or to try out new things. Mm. If you are being triggered, like this last question, if he is being triggered because he said, you know, she said that he said he wanted to do that. He wanted to buy the tires for the car. Then he has some triggers to do with his masculinity. Yeah, he's got to actually work on that stuff, and that's something which maybe it makes him feel more. Yeah, and maybe things she does triggers that he feels less masculine. Mm. And if she's being triggered by being told that she's spoiled and totally dependent on her mum, then maybe that's a trigger that needs to be worked out too. Yeah, yeah, it's another another thing to work on. I know in our relationship, we are constantly dating each other. I've got a bit of a goal at the moment, which is to date, do something every week. So in the last few weeks, we've been... Which we've, I appreciate, by the way, very, very much. <laughs> you know, we've been dating. We went out and did archery for a day. We went and saw a hip hop artist play. We've been out to dinner, you know, which is the norm. But mm. it's doing all the other things as well, finding interesting things to do together. Like we're learning to sing. Mm. We're both learning to sing. And it's not something that either of us do naturally. So it's a, both a challenge, mm. but we can support each other in that challenge and we get to do something different and fun together. It doesn't matter. We're not out there to go on The Voice or start our own band, but it does allow us to challenge ourselves and support each other in that challenge. Lots of growth in learning something together. There's so much growth in learning something together and continue dating and talk through all these things. Mm. All right. So you got another question. I do. So this person says, okay, so I have a question and I need advice. I have two girls that are eight and ten with me every other weekend. My partner is not keen on kids. However, it works okay and she really does try. She has a close friend coming this weekend for one night who she has not seen in over a year. Her friend is also not keen on kids. Of course, the girls, of course, the girls are here also this weekend. So long story short, she's asked that the girls eat apart from us at dinner. So like in another room. Her reason being that her and her friend are not so comfortable with kids around and want to maximize their time. I put my foot down here and said that the girls eat with us, otherwise they will feel excluded and isolated. It will only be for about 15 minutes and then we will go for a long walk so they can have their own time. As a parent, of course, I'm really hurt by what she said. Although I understand also that not everyone feels comfortable with kids. However, her requests feel incredibly insensitive, selfish, and utterly without regard for the girls or my feelings, or for the idea that we're a family group. Am I wrong in this response? Oh, that was a question. So it's such a long question. <laughs> That's an interesting question because we have a blended family. Mm. And there are times when um, we don't want our children around either. So I totally get where they're coming from. <laughs> Something Sometimes I would like them to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get them to eat out in the yard? Can we have a little bit of space sometimes? They might be okay with that, though. As long as there's food. <laughs> I was amazed how much they eat. Actually, quite surprising. Actually, ours are teenagers, though, so they actually want to have time without us, whereas these are like eight and ten, so they oh, probably yeah. still want to hang out. They still really want to hang yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. 
That's an interesting one. Look, I would honestly say that if you've got a friend coming over who isn't really into kids, then maybe you shouldn't be coming and having dinner at home. You should be going out somewhere. Go out for dinner. Go and have all the time in the world. I don't understand why you need to be there. I'm also surprised that she's going out with him knowing that he has kids and she's not into kids. You come as a kind of full package. Yeah, that's the added like, extra. this seems like a conversation that maybe should have happened before. <laughs> oh, you've got children. Oh, I don't like them. Oh, good. Let's work from here, shall we? I feel what do, like what that do you might think? have been a bit of a deal breaker. Like if I, if it was me yeah. and someone was like, I actually don't really like, I don't really like kids and you've got two boys. Yep. Actually, can they never eat with us? <laughs> no, no, she didn't say never. But can they not eat with us? Can they go and eat somewhere else? Well, I've seen the way the boys eat, so I can understand Yeah, that. you're right. <laughs> True. It's like pigs at a trough. <laughs> How much food can we put in our mouth? Especially one of them. So, I don't know. I feel like that might be a bit of a deal breaker. I always felt if people didn't get along that I dated... I always felt that maybe they weren't the right person if they didn't get along with my kids. Yeah, I've actually been with people who were very much like, when don't you have the kids? <laughs> when can we, let's catch up then. And so they weren't really ever into meeting the girls. Wow. Yeah, so that never lasted long because I was like, well, as you said, it's a package deal. Did you find that offensive? I didn't find it offensive. I sort of got where they were coming from. It wasn't their saying. It was just I just had to let them know that this is how it is. You just said, wouldn't that have been a conversation before you got together? But you obviously got together with this person. No, but it wasn't together with this person. It wasn't like a relationship, like this person's in, that they're actually living together. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, you know, I would never... Oh, this is just like a dating. This is a dating thing where, oh, okay. Then there's an understanding. It's like, oh, okay, that's where you're at. Mm. You know, I didn't say at the beginning, so do you like kids? That can freak people out a little bit. Like, yeah, but oh, normally you want more kids? Uh, or? Normally they'd ask. Like, that's part of getting to know someone. And at our age... Most people have kids. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like it's a bit unusual if they don't. Yeah, I can see why he's actually a little bit offended. <laughs> he said something. That's a conversation I'd like to sit down and listen to, see where that goes. What do you think? Yeah, I was the same as you. I thought this might have been something you might have wanted to sort out before you went deeper into the relationship. And it could potentially obviously cause a fair bit of problems and tension between you because that wouldn't make you feel like you're a family and that's ultimately what you want. You want to make them feel like they're part of the family and, you know, as much as she is, so are the kids and so are you. A new thing that's happened either, like it's happened, he also mentions that this has happened previously where she invited two friends around and she essentially ignored the girls and they had to sit on a smaller table in a separate room, uh, even though table? the dining table fitted six. Wow. She's really got a problem with children. What's going to happen when they're teenagers and they're worse? Sorry, for those eight, people these, who have This is a nice age, eight and ten. Eight and ten is a <laughs> lovely age. They just want to please you. They're really sweet. Mm. Why does she hate kids? I mean, I know they can sometimes... Be irritating and annoying, annoying. painful, like hard to deal with, or does challenging. She... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. So I thought we were coming up with adjectives. <laughs> I thought this was a quiz. You're doing really well. Yeah, I could come up with more. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually love kids, <laughs> especially now they're in bed. <laughs> We've got some peace, you and me. Oh, so true. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I also wonder if she might be something where she feels a bit jealous of the kids because they take up time and energy that she doesn't want to kind of share. But it, he doesn't have them very often. He only has them every second weekend. Is that all? Mm. Wow. Oh. That's not much. No, it's not even 50-50. She hasn't really got anything to complain about. So on that very rare occasion that the kids mm. are there, then one weekend out of two weeks, she's put them on the kitty table. <laughs> Bloody hell, she sounds like a nightmare. I've got to, I'll tell you what, I'd say dump her. I'd say dump her, say, I'm sorry, this isn't work. Maybe she's not the right fit. I'd say there's definitely not the right fit. Mm. There's definitely got to be a woman out there for this man. Who will support you with you. Yeah, they're going to only get more tricky as they become teenagers and you're going to want the support of her and that she has some bond or relationship with them. Especially if they're girls and she's a woman in the house. That's I think that even means that there's more of a need for her to be able to connect with them because mm. she's going to be the other main female in their lives. Mm. Like I love the relationship that you have with now our daughters, but were my daughters, that you have a really close connection. And now as they're growing, they see you not as their mother, but as a woman in their lives who they love and they trust. Yeah. Well, and that's really important, isn't it? Yeah, I appreciate that. I have that with them. And I think that's really important for it to work as a family. Yeah, I think that's part of being a blended family. You've really got to do the extra work on that too, don't Maybe you? Maybe she needs to find her inner kid and go do some kid stuff that's fun with them. Maybe she just needs to rack off. Well, go she and find, can't go, do that. Go, go I was go, giving her the option. No, to, I would say go, up and, go and find some man who does not want to have kids. There's mm. plenty of them. Yeah. Don't mess with this poor guy who's mm. trying his best to raise kids and then deal with your bloody silliness. <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> Just say it. Because I used to be a single dad with two girls and it's not easy yeah, sometimes. you want someone supportive. You want someone supportive. Not someone that's going to say, can those not eat with us, those creatures? Could you <laughs> put them out with the dog? What are those people? <laughs> Which I don't speak too loud because our kids here, they'll be like, what's going on? What are they doing to us now? <laughs> <laughs> that's important to us though. Family meal altogether. Yeah. Like yeah. that's an important family value for us. Mm, every night. Which Dinner every night. Yeah, which is um, something we were both raised as having dinner at the table where you have conversation. Yep, no tech. It's one of our important family values. So yep. I think I would find that challenging. So thanks once again for joining us for another episode of Tricky Questions. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and follow us. And check out our website at rekindlingrelationships.com. Bye for now. See ya. See ya.